Hey, Wolfpack Nation. Welcome back to Scott Wood's One Man Wolfpack. Again, we have a very special guest as always. Over 1,100 points in his career, 600 rebounds. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He's the best golfer uh, that is a former athlete outside of playing the actual game of golf. So football, baseball, basketball, hockey, anything. He's the best golfer there is out there. And I've, I've witnessed it and seen him play, so I know it is. Welcome, Big Ben McCauley. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate the kind words. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With the conference season tipping off, get into action by going to betrivers.com today by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Ben, just tell us real quick, what are you up to now? What are you doing? Give everybody the update. Wolfpack Nation listening so they can kind of know what, what Ben McCauley's up to. Uh, I'm currently in between seasons right now. I'm still playing professionally. I finished up in Puerto Rico in October. Uh, was home for the holidays, which is nice. Uh, it looks like I will be heading back down to Puerto Rico. They want the players to come in early, middle of March. Okay. So in the meantime, between time, I am, like you said, playing some golf. Um, <laughs> Trying to uh, stay in shape, working out multiple times a week with actually former Wolfpack guy Cedric Simmons. Okay. So just trying to, you know, maintain good shape, you know, because the older you get, the faster it goes away. <laughs> so uh, just trying to do all the all the right things. I hear you. So you grew up in the Pittsburgh area. So this is one of our connections because my mom's uh, grew up in Pittsburgh in the McKeesport area. Um Growing up in Pittsburgh, I, I was lucky enough when I was younger to go to a, a, a high school football game, and it was it was dang near like going to an NC State game. It was just um unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah. Talk about growing up in the Pittsburgh area and how basketball became your dominant sport. It uh, yeah, growing up in Pittsburgh is great. It, it is definitely a blue collar town, football town, big football. Yeah history there you know some of the big names montana marino um you know namath yeah unitas it just you know <laughs> it goes deep with football uh i never really got the itch to play football you know i was always the tallest in my grade so basketball just seemed like the logical um choice and then i just fell in love with it you know it was uh my dad was my first coach First yep. official, you know, collective group team was in third grade, and uh, he was my coach third, fourth, fifth grade. And uh, he played when he was younger in his actually freshman year of college at Allegheny College, just north of Pittsburgh. He yep. played basketball as well. So, um, you know, just fell in love with it. And um, yeah, I was lucky enough to have my dad kind of get me interested and then help me yep. along the way. Well, I, I got to imagine that the uh, the football coach, once he started to see your size, was probably trying to, to get you to come out for the team and play tight end or something. That's for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, actually, funny story about that. My my senior year of college, or sorry, senior year of high school, the team was trying to get me out to play. I had already signed to come down to NC State, and the team was trying to get me to play to be a kicker. Um, <laughs> and I knew where that was going to lead. It was probably going to lead to me ultimately going out and playing some tight end or whatever. So my parents said to me, you got to call Herb. So I called Herb, and uh, and it took maybe five seconds for him to talk me out of it. <laughs> well, he, he basically said, what, what are you trying to get out of it? Is it worth it? And I was like, uh, no, you're right. So uh, I didn't play <laughs> just playing with your boys. That was the only thing that was, that was worth it. Just playing exactly. with your boys. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when did you know growing up, I, I asked everybody that I have on this question, cause I feel like everybody kind of hits a point where they're like, you know what? I could be really good at this game. I can play at the next level and possibly at the next level after that. When did you realize, was it in the, you know, the AAU circuit or was it during a high school game that where it kind of hit where it's like, you know what, I might be able to play basketball at a high level? Yeah, I think it, it was definitely the AAU circuit. And back then it was relatively new, or at least I hadn't heard much about AAU back then. You know, that was, uh, gosh, 2001. It ain't like it is now, that's for sure. Right, exactly. So, you know, I figured I'm from a small town outside of Pittsburgh, I don't know how much exposure I'm going to have, mm-hmm. you know, just playing high school basketball. So uh, gave it a go in AAU and then realized that, you know, there is a huge world of basketball out there. And yeah. uh, I was very intrigued by it. And I thought, I think this is what I, what I want to do. You know, it wasn't that I was dominating or anything. It was just the interest there was so great. And I realized how big the basketball world was. And I thought, yeah you know, let's do this. So, so it was probably about- around, it was probably around summer going into uh, ninth grade, I think, right after, right after my eighth grade year, I think was my first AAU summer. Yeah. And, uh, and that was it. So kind of talk about the, the recruiting. So everybody experiences recruiting different. Some people get just annoyed and with it. Cause it's just like, okay, everybody's just hyping you up. Some people absolutely love it. They're like, oh, I love all these coaches. I love the yeah. attention. Talk about that recruiting. Obviously, it ended up being NC State, but talk about maybe some couple other options, you know, your experiences with that. Just talk about the whole recruiting phase. I was excited about it. I, uh, like I said, small town, and all of a sudden I have these big time, you know, D1 schools, coaches coming to these games and practices. Yeah. So obviously Pitt, and it started with Ben Howland. Uh, he was at Pitt still back then, and then he obviously moved to UCLA, and then Jamie Dixon got interested. <coughs> ben Howland still had interest. He was out of UCLA. Uh, Bobby Huggins at the time, he was at Cincinnati. Huggy Bear. Yep, all Huggy Bear. Um, <laughs> Ohio State uh, and Xavier. Okay. Um, and Ohio State was Thad Mata, and at first he was at Xavier, was recruiting me at Xavier, and then moved on to Ohio State, and then uh, former uh, Pittsburgh guy Sean Miller was at Xavier, so had yep. that connection there, and then of course NC State, Herb and uh, Pittsburgh guy Archie Miller at the time, Pittsburgh guy Larry Harris played at Pitt, you know, so uh, had some had some Pitt connections there. Pittsburgh connections there. So it was a uh, pretty cool seeing them, you know, coming into this 
small gym that we had in our high school, Yacht High School. It wasn't very big. And all of a sudden you look over and there's multiple D1, you know, head coaches there. And it, it was, uh, you know, I took it all in. I, I savored every moment of it. You know, I, I never at any point was annoyed by it or anything. Yeah. I, uh, I took it all in stride and, and had fun with it. So when did you know it was NC State? Uh, probably after my junior, junior year of, of high school. Okay. Uh, I had narrowed it down to Xavier, Xavier, Ohio State, NC State, and uh, Cincinnati was maybe an outlier, but um, it just, you know, it came down to, you know, one-on-one meetings with Herb and, uh, yeah. you know, and just the idea of uh, playing in ACC basketball, you know, that yeah. the history there in ACC basketball was something that really intrigued me. And, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to move away from, from my small town, try something new, you know, just to, you know, in, enjoy trying uh, to move away from home. And uh, sure enough, it, it worked out for me. And, yeah. and I looked back since. Yeah, well, you're one of the guys that I've got. I've got a small list of guys that um, I wish I would have overlapped with, and you're one yeah. of them. I would have. I'd have loved playing with your style, set good screens. Where if I'm yeah. coming off the screen and they help, I just throw it right back to you. Very similar to what Richard Howe was for me. That that have been a, a lot of fun. Ralston Turner's another one. Ralston redshirted my senior year. I would. There, there, there's a few of them that I just. I felt like it had been a good mesh and you're, you're definitely one of those on the list that I'd have loved to link up with. So that's why I'll I tell you what I, my, I would have loved to have played with you because my assist would have been that much higher. Cause I knew <laughs> whenever I was giving you the ball, it was probably going in. So that well, was, we're, we're going to have to get you. I know uh, last year you had to go to Puerto Rico, but we're going to have to get you on the TBT team. Cause you'd have been a, a, a big help. Uh, yeah, I got a call from from Jordan Collins about that. He was he was a little upset that I wasn't available. That's all right. Well, we're we're gonna have to make it work out. So uh, so we're gonna kind of go down the time frame of your time at NC State. So you come in as a freshman. Uh, Cam Bennerman, Cedric Simmons, Ingen, Alien, Tony Bethel, my guy. I haven't talked about Tony in a long time. Uh, yep. Gavin Grant. So you have a really good roster there with Herb as the head coach. End up going to the uh, NCAA tournament, being a, a, I think you guys finished fourth in the ACC, 10 seed, I think, coming in, um, as well as a really strong freshman class and and Courtney, you, um, and Brandon Costner. Yeah. So talk about that freshman year, your experience. Everybody has it different. You know, some people get a, a ton of playing time. Some people get a little bit of playing time. But talk about that growth, especially from going from your high school year to now yeah. uh, playing at the collegiate level. I learned the most I had learned all, all four years of college in that one year. Uh, you know, it was, I had the guys to learn from, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. said, Ilion was there, Cedric, Andrew Brackman was even there, you know, it, yeah. there was talk that I was even maybe going to redshirt because of that, you know, strong, uh, those strong players ahead of me, but it, it turns out I did not and got some playing time, not a lot, but I definitely, like I said, learned a lot from those guys and not only them, Herb, you know, he was, he was big in, into teaching skills and, uh, you know, I, I feel like my development that year was the greatest out of any, out of my whole basketball career, you know, now that I'm 35, my whole, 
the whole time I've been playing basketball, that freshman year, I definitely learned the most and got better. Yeah. Uh, you know, just from taking it all in, you know, I knew, like I said, I wasn't going to be playing a lot because of the guys that were ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so as long as I could accept that, which I did right away, uh, I just said, you know what, I'm going to just learn and, and get better. And, you know, going up against said in practice, going up against Brackman in practice. I mean, it, there, you had no choice but to get better or else you were going to get dominated. So. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about, so I did the same thing. So after two years I had Sydney uh, and then they went to Mark Godfrey, they had That's the coaching right. change. That's right. Um, talk about that change. Cause I, I tell everybody it's, it's not easy because at the end of the day, like, listen, I've learned, like, I love NC state now. Like it's, it's my spot, but it was also, you know, you, you get a connection to a coach first and then the connection with the university comes talk about that transition your thoughts like uh i tell everybody i had a half of a foot out the door to uh to notre dame and then uh monty tau sat down and said you're going to make the worst decision in your life nc state's the place for you so kind of talk about that transition the things that went in your mind because obviously it's a big shock you go to the tournament now he's gone talk about that transition yeah, it was tough. Not going to lie. It was tough. You know, it, it it was strange, too, because Herb had made five NCAA tournaments in a yep. row. So we all figured, you know, I certainly figured he's going to be my coach all four years, you know. Uh, so it was tough B being a freshman, you know, committing yourself to that coach. And like I said, this whole time leading up until right now, I talked about how Herb was pretty much a big factor in me coming down here. So it was tough. Um, and I was home when uh, I was up home when they made the announcement of uh, Sid coming in. Yeah. And uh, I think people thought that I was leaving because I wasn't there whenever he had his press conference of, of uh, uh, being, you know, hired. And yeah. I was just, it just so happened that I was supposed to be home that, that weekend. It was in between sessions or whatever. So, you know, I thought about, I'm not going to lie. I thought about leaving. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it, it, I thought about following her about to Arizona State or maybe going up to Xavier, you know, because that was one of my top two selections, top three selections. But in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, I made a commitment <coughs> or I made a commitment to the coaches, but I made a commitment to the school. And uh, I think I I owe it to them to, you know, see this thing through, graduate and, um, you know, Maybe I'm a little old school when it comes to that. Um, no, but I just thought, you know, it's a, the honorable thing is to to stick it out here. And and, you know, it wasn't like it was a too hard of a tough decision. I, I developed a lot of great friendships, you know, yeah. guys on the team. I loved, you know, it'd be one thing if I if I didn't enjoy my teammates, then it would have made it really easy to, to probably balance. But, uh, you know, I just fell in love with with all things state. Yeah. And I think that's uh, so when I get any of my, my younger generation listening, that's the one thing that don't, don't always take the easy way out because yeah. I, I very easily could have done it in my junior yeah. year. You could have done it going into your sophomore year and, you know, things may have still worked out, but, you know, you go on to have a great career. I go on to have a great career. Yeah. Um, obviously, you, you wish some things could still kind of change, but, you know, it all worked out. You live here now. I live here now. Yeah. It's exactly. just one of those things that, you know, you fall in love with the city, the university. Yep. And I tell and everybody. My, exactly. My wife went to NC State 
So, you know, we're, we're a state, state family. And, and I, I, I tell everybody, I'm like, I, they, you know, I, I look back on it. I'm like, yeah, maybe I could have had a little bit, you know, better career possibly, you know, somewhere else. And, you know, but at the end of the day, dude, there's, there's no place like NC state. And I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't have changed it, all my decisions for, for anything. So Sydney maybe comes it in. Could, it could have been, it could have been a better decision going somewhere else but it also could have gotten a lot worse so exactly you know. and i've yeah. i've the grass isn't always greener over there right. I, have no, I have no idea so sydney comes in your sophomore year you average 14 and a half and seven rebounds yeah where did this come from and then the following year it goes down to six and four i get jj comes in yeah. and tracy smith comes in a little bit but talk about that growth and then on top of it, coming into your junior year? Well, like I said, freshman year, I probably developed the most skills and maturity just under Herb for that one year. So coming into that sophomore year, even though Herb wasn't there, yeah. I had all the confidence in the world that I could play at this, you know, this high level because I worked my butt off for a whole year. I went against Cedric Simmons. I went against Bracken. I went against Ileon. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I'm ready, you know, and – Let's, you know, don't look back. Don't, don't look over your shoulder. And luckily I will say, I mean, and everybody I think who's a state fan knows this, we only had about six, seven uh, scholarship players that year. Yeah. So we were going to play no matter what. So, you know, I, I probably averaged maybe 30 to 34 minutes that year. Um, so that helped knowing that, you know, nobody was going to, come in and take me out if I miss a couple shots, you know, so it, it definitely gave me even more confidence knowing that, you know, if I don't score, we're not going to really have a chance. So, you know, that helped having good teammates helped having Ingen there, even though he was hurt a lot of that year. Yeah. uh, That helped. Uh, Brandon and I developed a great teammate friendship bond uh, I felt like at any point in the game, I knew where Brandon was on the court. And uh, and he's another one that if you pass it to him, you were probably going to get an assist because he was jacking it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that year was great. And then, you know, going into junior year, it just – I don't know what happened. You know, obviously we lost Ingen. Ingen was a huge part. You know, he was a dominant point guard. He He kept the team intact. And then we lose him, and it's like – what point guards do we have now? So that was tough, obviously. And then you bring in two strong players in JJ and Tracy that play my position. Minutes got divided up. Um, chemistry wasn't quite there. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it was just a, it's unfortunate because coming off of that ACC championship game that we were in sophomore year, yeah. You would thought that we had all the momentum in the world and, and we all did. And, you know, we got these great recruits coming in and then it was just like, we just never gelled. And yeah. Uh, and it was very, very unfortunate because that year had a big chance for us to do something great. Well, I, I tell, I tell all my NC state fans, I'm like, you know, sometimes those three star blue collar recruits, they, they mean something. And sometimes yeah. you get, you get guys in here and they, they <clears> just don't mesh, you know, just because, somebody's labeled a five-star or a big recruit doesn't mean they're going to mess. You got to find the right five-star with the right, you know, fit to get them. Cause I feel like sometimes these coaches, they just say, Oh, if I get a five-star recruit, you know, the fans are going to love me. No, it's not just any five-star recruit. You got to get the right five-star recruit, uh, which goes a big way. So then we get to your senior year. Uh, 
Sydney's still there. My boy Julius Mays, my high school teammate, ends up coming in. Right. 12 and a half, eight rebounds. Back to where, you know, it probably should have been. Right. Uh, playing, playing well. Talk about that senior year a little bit. Yeah, that was, <coughs> you know, the I think we had a year under our belt with trying to gel with those new players. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Brandon and I kind of got back on track, the two of us you know, got back to what we were doing sophomore year. And, uh, you know, the point guards had another year to develop. Javi Gonzalez, Arnold again, they had another year to develop. Mm-hmm. So that helped uh, a lot in just kind of getting us in the flow of things. And then ultimately, you know, I was a senior. I figured at this point, there's no next year. I've got to do everything I can to help this team win. And I'm going to play every game like it's my last because, mm-hmm. you know, there's no more, there's no next year. And, and once you're done in college basketball, it's, you know, there's nothing like playing college basketball, you know, yeah. sure. It's great being a professional getting paid, but you know, when you're, when you're going to that RBC or PNC center or RBC at the time, you're jazzed up every night, you know, you're yeah. playing for school and it, there's nothing like it. So I think that was a lot of getting back on track that senior year was just saying, Hey, this is it for me. You know, that, there's no turning back. There's no tomorrow. Let's just go and do everything you can. So, yeah, no. And then now what is, is this your 13th year professional or 12th? Third, uh, graduated in 09. So what's that? 13th now? 13 years. Jeez. 13 years. See, more props to you. 13 years playing professional basketball. Okay. France, Poland, Ukraine, Spain, Turkey, Israel, Puerto Rico. Am I missing one? Belgium, too. Belgium. Yeah. So you've been all over. I had Julius Hodge on the other day. I think Julius Hodge may beat everybody. He's, I think he's played in every country possible. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of talk about this. We, we overlapped in Spain. I see your – I think that's your Zaragoza jersey. Um, yeah, Zaragoza. Left right shoulder. Yeah. Uh, so we overlapped in, in, in Spain. So we had that connection. When I was in Spain, you were in Spain. Just talk about the the grind of it, because, you know, it's it's not always the prettiest over there. Obviously, you know, we're getting paid, but it is it is different. It's not this is it's not the NBA. I mean, we're not going to lie, you know, yeah. uh, but we do get paid. We do get, you know, taken care of. Talk about that grind and the sacrifices that you kind of have to make as a, you know, overseas basketball player. Yeah, it is a grind. That's just that's the perfect word for it. And uh it has its perks, obviously, but you have to be willing to leave your comfort zone. Yep. I mean, you have to be willing to leave your, your fa- you know, if your family doesn't come with you, leave your family for nine, 10 months. You know, you're speaking different languages, you know, you're eating yep. different foods. You have to, you have to take it all in. And some guys, they'll do it one year and they just can't do it. They'll go try the D league and then kind of fizzle out. So, you know, it, it's, it's tough, but if you do take it for what it's worth, going to a new country, seeing a new part of the world, playing the sport you love, getting paid to do it, it's great. Yep. It, you know, it's that's why I've been doing it for 13 years. You know, it's uh, like I said from the beginning, I'm from a small town outside of Pittsburgh. Never thought I'd really leave the Pittsburgh area, went to NC State, Raleigh, North Carolina. That was new for me. Didn't think I'd ever really leave the country. Sure, I've been all over Europe and now even down to Puerto Rico. Yeah. So 
you know, you, you just have to, you only live once. You have to enjoy it, you know, just try it. And if you don't yeah. like it, you don't like it, but some guys don't even really give it a shot. And, uh, and at and the bottom line is you're, you're doing something you love, you love, yeah. you know, I wouldn't really say that I work, you know, I, I, I play ball and I'm playing the sport that I love. Not many people get to do what they love to do. Exactly. And I've been able to do it for 13 years. So I tell everybody, I'm not really a nine to five guy to be in a certain tie. So I'm going to, I'm going to take advantage of the time that I had to play, you know, professional basketball. Cause it's, I mean, heck it's the only thing, just, just think it's the only thing you've ever known for your whole life Mm -hmm. is basketball. Like just think tomorrow they tell you, you know, you're going to sit at a desk. It's just, you're not ready for that. And you don't ever want to let it go. I would have so talk about this bubble i keep every time i bring up ben mccauley and when i'm on a golf course because ben's name always gets brought up because he's one of the best golfers around <laughs> whenever whenever i say ben mccauley now everybody talks about this bubble in puerto rico that you have like that yeah. so so a lot of people ended up getting a bubble but it wasn't this type of bubble so kind of talk <laughs> about the the beautiful bubble of puerto rico the beautiful bubble of puerto rico so yeah we all know things t- shut down back in march of 2020 I was in mid-season Puerto Rico, and they shut it down, so I had to come home. March turns in April to May to June to July to August. Finally, we head back down first week of October. We go back to – everybody goes back to their own city that they were, you know, playing in for a little mini training camp, a couple weeks, and then we go to the bubble. And the bubble was the Wyndham Golf Resort <laughs> right on the coast. And uh, 80 degree weather, November and December of 2020. <laughs> uh, you're playing, you know, a couple times a week. Practice is very limited. Yeah. <laughs> and every day you wake up, you get three meals paid for, uh, you know, three meals given to you, whatever. Uh, it was uh, like a, vac- a paid vacation. It, <laughs> it, it was it was a paid vacation with a little bit of basketball on the side well if uh if any of my overseas people's ever listen and they get the the, the that have been playing overseas for a while and the, and the puerto rico bubble comes back they need to they need to get a hold of their agent asap yeah. that's going to be a hot commodity right there yeah i mean it was we were it was interesting though because we played in the big conference center the resort doesn't really have a gym or arena in it so they convert the big conference center. They bring in a, you know, a portable gym. They put it in there and uh, they just put a couple chairs on the side. There's no fans, obviously. And uh, it was kind of just a makeshift court in the middle of a conference center. And the locker rooms were just behind these uh, curtains. And uh, you just kind of. <laughs> but a so lot of guys. A lot of guys just got ready in the, in their, you know, hotel rooms because you would just, you would walk to the conference center through the hotel. Yeah. So, you know, and then after the game, we'd go sit out on the beach. So, so did you take your sticks? I did. I always take my sticks down to Puerto Rico. Okay. So were you able to play in between some games and some practices? Unfortunately in the bubble, we were not allowed to, they were really kind of keeping us, secluded because they were other people at that resort okay uh they split the resort kind of in two so i wasn't able to play there but 
I was in Puerto Rico this past summer playing and I take my sticks and I, I play whenever I have some free time. Well, that, that sounds like a good, good time. So let's kind of transition into this NC state team. Um, I know we were both at the Nebraska game that went into four overtimes. And I know you've been to a couple games uh, just briefly kind of talk about the things that you, you like from this young NC state team and some things that, you know, you've been watching and you're like, they got to kind of correct it, especially getting into the, the, the meat of the ACC schedule, I guess, uh, to, to really be successful. Yeah. Uh, they've got a lot of, you know, potential, a lot of players that once they develop, they're going to be yeah. great. And I think they have had to put a lot of the younger guys in because of, you know, injuries and, you know, with Manny being out that I think really hurt and, and you have to put these younger guys in, but I was at the Duke game on Saturday Wait, and, you were at the Duke game? Yeah, I was at the Duke game. Well, you should have told. I was at the Duke game. Oh, were you really? Yeah. Were you? Uh, were you behind the bench? No, I was in the middle of nowhere, buddy. I was. I, was, I was in the. Yeah, I was behind the uh, the hoop on Duke's side. So, in the second level there. Okay. All right. I got you. Well, here's my 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 funny story. So, it's the first time I've spectated a game and camera I've, I've, yeah. I've, only, I've only played so I've never spectated um yeah. but I'm sitting there and I just got caught on you know the doors at the top of Cameron yeah this whole time as a player I thought they were functional like operational doors I thought like they actually like I thought people came in there yeah. and I finally realized that they're just for show yeah and I don't know why I don't know what made me think of that, but as a fan, I started to like pick up on some stuff. But 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 as a player this whole time, I thought people actually came in it. And I told my wife that, and she just told me I was an idiot. But I I, just, I don't know why my my little Cameron story is I found out that it you know it's all for show. But um, the thing you learn as you get older, huh? I know it's the same thing. I uh, uh, I went to the Duke game when it was at PNC first game I. After eight years, it was the first game I'd ever been back to to watch an NC State basketball game, and it was the first time that I've actually like walked around the mezzanine. I've never, yeah. I, I still to this day like I'll go, I go, I'm going to the, the Virginia Tech game tonight, and I'm going to walk around, and it's just like I have no idea where I'm going. Like if you put me down at the bottom where the locker room right. is, I'm, I know exactly where to go. I'm, I feel right. at home, but as soon as I'm up there, I'm like I don't know where to go. I'm yeah. just lost. But talk about that Duke game a little bit. We both, uh, we both kind of watched that kind of. Kind of go through that, and then we'll kind of spitball off each other yeah, on that. You got to give them credit. They never really – they never gave up. We <clears> never <throat> gave up. Um, you know, Duke went on their runs, as they always do. Yep. Just kind of kept battling. And uh, you, you got to give them credit for that. They they fight. They know it's going to be a difficult year just with with injuries and just how how everything is. Um, but, they're, but they're fighting. And I will say some of the things – I wish that they could work on more is some toughness down low. Uh, My wife even said to me during that Duke game, she said, I don't think I've seen this many dunks in a game. (laughs) So, you know, and me being a, you know, a big man inside who likes to, you know, be physical, that kind of bothers me a little bit, how we kind of get tossed around a little bit. And maybe it is because they're young and they need to, you know, get a little bit stronger. Um, And another thing is just our, our shot selection sometimes yeah it just seems like we have a lot of one and dones you know coming down get one shot up 
and then if it goes in if we're shooting great great percentages wonderful yeah. but if not then it gets really out of hand so uh but i think a lot of that is maturity you know as they get older they'll they'll learn from that and uh, and, and i think we've got a, we've got a, a good future i think because with 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 roy with coach williams gone and you know coach k leaving after this year I got to I got to imagine the ACC is going to be wide open. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully we can, uh, you know, stay positive and, you know, hopefully Coach Keats can get this thing going. Yeah, well, uh, it's kind of very similar to what you said. I mean, they had great effort in that game. They, I mean, they, they play hard the whole time. There's a little bit too many laps on defense. And I think kind of what you said, they would take a bad shot on one end and nobody would be back, they'd get an easy dunk on the other end or they'd get an easy transition three, just kind of cleaning up those lapses. And then they got to get some consistency, I think, uh, around Terquavion, who who offensively is just as talented as, as a lot of people yeah. that have been there. And then uh, Darion, I mean, has been great every game. They just got to get some consistency, with, whether it's Jericho Helms. You yeah. know, um, they just got to get another consistent guy right there because I feel like they're just kind of – carrying it and doing all they can yeah and and obviously like i said i'm a big man so i'm gonna be more critical on that we got to get some easy buckets inside yeah you know i I feel like our big men are posting up we're not even (laughs) looking to give it to them and you know if we're living and dying by jump shots and you know sebron taking contested layups which he has to do it's gonna tough rest of this year you know we got to get those you know you know post if jerick if jericho has a has a mismatch post him up you know what i mean maybe get a or if even if sebron has a mismatch post him up yeah you know gotta get some easy baskets inside at least to respect it you know because at least like now you run a lot of pick and roll action i don't know if i've seen a a roll finish this year you know so as opposing coaches you know what i'm gonna start doing is i'm just gonna trap sebron and Terquavion Smith and take the ball out of their hands because I know that the role guy is, you know, not a factor. So, um, yeah, that's something they definitely got to get better at. But uh, so the next topic, nothing NC State related. This is just a me and you thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Hmm. two of the biggest, uh, you know, Pittsburgh Steeler guys that there may be. Uh, Had my Ben Roethlisberger jersey on the whole game. My whole family was in it. well, let's just let's just ask the the blurring question. Who will be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year? Oh man. Uh NC State's own Russell Wilson. I love it. I love it. I love would- it. See, I feel like I'm in a dream world where we're gonna get an Aaron Rodgers or uh, you know, a Russell Wilson, but you know, I look at it and we're just gonna get stuck with an Andy Dalton or uh <laughs> everyone could <laughs> Everyone's allowed to dream, man. Everyone's allowed to dream. Well, that I listen, if that happens, I just I just I think you need s- semi-mobile. It doesn't have to be crazy mobile, but a little mobile just because the offensive line isn't that good. So, he's got to be able to move and throw on the move a little bit. Yeah. But with how the defense is, how the we got great young wide receivers, a great tight end, Najee's phenomenal. Najee's I mean, Najee is great even with that tough Offensive line, like you said, Najee's great, man. And how about T.J. Watt? Holy smokes. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. They, but the, and that's the thing that scares me. They got such a good team, but they got to have something in place. Because I, I said it. I was watching the Kansas City game, and I said, "Heck, you give me a middle tier quarterback with a little bit of mobility." The Steelers legitimately, legitimately are a Super Bowl contender. And if you give them a Russell Wilson or someone like that, I, to me, I don't see anybody beating them on a no. consistent basis at all. Uh, I mean, yeah, that we were leading that game. Defense was playing great. If we just get a couple more first downs, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, we're leading yeah. at halftime. We might be leading at halftime. Well, and but I then, said it. I think wait, it was – yeah, I think it was five minutes ago. And it was just had turned 7-7. And I was like, if they can find a way to just keep the ball in their hands and just get a field goal and give him no time, yep. all of a sudden it's 21-7 at halftime because yeah. he gets two think, possessions out of it. Uh, we had a third, like a third and two or something, and we pat, Deontay Johnson dropped the ball. Or, yeah, yeah or Deontay. Well, I, I've been in Deontay's corner for the whole – yeah, the whole season, but he he in the last couple of games he rubbed me the wrong way, but hopefully yeah. he can figure it out. So let's go ahead. The starting five brought to you by Refive. I do this every guess I have. It's just questions, normally the same questions. So I like to get everybody's opinion on this. So as we all know, the real estate market is crazy right now. Or maybe you just have a question. Or maybe you just need an honest opinion from a trusted real estate professional to ensure your best interest is protected. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, investing, call Reef Ivy with Dogwood Properties. For a seamless home buying or selling experience, give Reef a call. His personal cell number is 919-995-3111. Again, that's 919-995-3111. State graduate. A good friend of mine, he's one of the best in the triangle. So any questions you have with your real estate needs, please give him a call. So first question, you can have dinner with any two people, alive or dead, who would you pick? And I've got, I've got everything. I've gotten family members, politicians, athletes. Okay. I've gotten it all. So wh whatever you want. Uh, probably, I would say Arnold Palmer. Oh, that's a good one. That's the first golfer I've got. Yeah, Arnold Palmer. And probably my – it's got to be a relative. Probably my grandfather on my mother's side. That's two great ones. That's going to yep. be a great conversations. Maybe yeah. you guys can get a, a, a good tea time afterwards and go play yep. Bay Hill or somewhere, you know. Yep. Um, but you got to take them to dinner now. But it's got to be a place on – or near campus. I'm giving you the Hillsboro Western kind of Avent Ferry area. Your okay. go-to spot to take them to eat. Uh, probably. Oh, this might make Coach Coach Tao happy. Probably Mitch's. Okay, that's. I've had Mitch's a couple of times. Yep. I've had Mitch's a couple of times. I've had Amedios a lot. Uh, you know, Sammy's. There's there's a lot of good ones, but that yep. that that's that's a good one. So. We got we got you a place to eat now, so you gotta you're gonna have a good time right there. So, the best advice you've ever received, and by who? Probably my my dad. Okay, and he gave me a phrase one time that says, "It goes, uh, anything easily obtained is never worthwhile, and anything worthwhile is never easily obtained." That's a good one. That's so a that's good my one. Dad. That's my dad, a uh, wise, wise man. So he, there you go. Uh, he, uh, that, that's, that, that, 
maybe in middle middle school or something like that. Well, that's a that's a good one to remember. So, a dream golf course. So, you're if you could go play golf at one spot right now, where would it be? Oh uh, man, that's a good one. Well, have you played Oakmont? I think I've asked you this. Uh, no, I haven't played Oakmont. Well, we need to get an Oakmont connection because I want to be. Listen, if you get that tea time, you need to give me a call. I'm, I've yep. been working on that forever. Oakmont is my dream place. Oakmont would be a good one. Uh, probably St. Andrews. Okay, that's a good one. We'll go across yeah. the pond, play some golf there. I'd, I'll be down for that place too. I won't yeah. turn down that. Yeah, I was about to say you. You won't turn down that. <laughs> so, greatest memory in an NC State uniform. Oh, there's there's a few to pick from here. Um, for me, I'll give you two. For me personally, just as a personal one, is probably my tip-in dunk against Wake as time expired my junior year. Okay. Um, there weren't too many that season, but that was a <laughs> personal favorite of mine. And then probably as a team as a whole was going to that ACC championship game sophomore year. Yeah. Well, especially with, with everything y'all went through with how little scholarships, the injuries, that's. Yeah. That's, we were uh, six, I think six scholarship players. And then Brian Neiman was our, was our walk on and he was playing, con, you know, considerable minutes that year. We beat Duke first round, beat uh, Virginia tech second round UVA and then lost to UNC. So. Well, that's, uh, that's great. But now, uh, that's that's about it for me, man. I appreciate you coming on. I know you got a tea time in a few minutes, so we'll we'll definitely get you off to that uh in time so you can get to the range and start working on some things. Yeah, this is the last last day in the fifties for the foreseeable future. So I had to I had to go hit them, you know. I I, I don't disagree with that, man. So yeah. everybody, please subscribe, like on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Uh again, thanks to the field of sixty-eight and everybody that kind of puts this together for us. Virginia Tech game tonight. Uh, I will be at that game to watch. Hopefully we can get a win. And then we have Virginia on Saturday. So a battle of the Virginia teams coming up. Again, Ben, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you on in the, in the future. Uh, I hope you play play a good round of golf today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. This was, this was fun. I'm glad it worked out. No, thank you, man. Go Pack, and I'll, uh, I'll see you guys later. All right. See you, bud.